Hey, everyone. This is Chris Benton from the Chris and Sandy Show, um, where most of you know us, my wife and I, because of the Chris and Sandy Show. But we do a other podcast called Stay the Music Business, where we bring business executives and others from the business side of the music business on, because everybody hears from the artists, but they don't hear it from the executive side. And I like to bring this side on because so we can get take on where music's been, where it's going, and just some feelings about the whole music as an industry. And today, like always, we've got a great show. We got Mike Kraski on. He's done a lot of stuff. I've read his resume, and it's amazing. I think he's going to be a really great um, person to pique the interest in you. Um, so, Mike, are you here? I'm here. We definitely thank you for coming on the show. My pleasure. <laughs> so, um, as we get started a little bit, tell everybody a brief overview of um, who you are and a brief overview of, of you, so that, that way people can get an idea of what your resume really consists of. Sure. Uh, I, I've been blessed to be in the music business my entire adult life. I, I've been in the music business now for 45 years. Uh, started out uh, as an inventory clerk, uh, counting oh, wow. actual LPs and A-tracks and cassettes uh, in, in a uh, retailer's warehouse uh, and, and replacing orders and became a sales rep, uh, eventually became a sales manager for CBS Records, which became Sony Music. Uh, uh, and I did that in the Southwest for two years, and in that time we broke – uh, a, a few acts uh, in a big way, Ricky Van Shelton, uh, Rodney Crowell, and a few others in my territory. So Sony uh, Nashville asked me to come to Nashville uh, and be their VP of sales. And, and uh, between 1989 and 2003, uh, I, I started as the head of sales and took over marketing uh, and media and eventually became the executive VP and general manager uh, for Sony. Uh, and had uh, the, 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 the great fortune to work with so many household names, uh, more current ones like uh, Dixie Chicks and Montgomery Gentry and Larry Chapin Carpenter and Patty Loveless, and, uh, and also got to work with uh, Tammy Wynette and, and Willie Nelson and Johnny oh, wow. Cash and Ricky Skaggs. And, and 2003, this happens a lot of times in the music business. Uh, uh, they, uh, they got rid of the entire executive staff, me included, and a couple weeks later, uh, with some partners, I started an artist-friendly label called Equity Music Group, uh, which was more mm-hmm. of a partnership-based concept. Uh, and as a startup independent, uh, uh, we signed Little Big Town uh, and broke them. Oh, wow. We were the ones that had boondocks and bring it on home and, and got their uh, their their careers really uh, moving forward. Uh, we had the biggest selling independent record of the year uh, that year, uh, and uh, uh, as is often the case with the small independent labels, it was underfunded and over egoed, and uh, and it crumbled under its own weight. And I went back mm-hmm. out and decided I've always been on the wrong side of the desk when it came to artists, <laughs> and I wanted to be on their side. So. Uh, I opened a management company uh, and have been doing management. I, I've, uh, I oversaw a publishing uh, concern for a short period of time, and, uh, and I've done a lot of uh, consulting, especially in the artist development area. Uh, and three years ago, I partnered with uh, a management legend by the name of John Doris, who has had oh, wow. uh, John Michael Montgomery and Montgomery Gentry and, uh, and on and on and on. He's one of the few that's had multiple multi-platinum 
clients uh, throughout his career. Uh, the brilliant wow. guy and a very good friend, and, uh, and that's uh, that's where we're at right now. It's called New Vision <laughs> Artist Management, uh, and we do artist management and consulting and artist development. So it sounds like you've really been almost on every side of the music business when it comes to the business side. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I have. It was interesting because uh, when, I, when I worked at, at Sony, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I arrogantly thought I knew everything. And then when I, I had <laughs> to go out there and start all over again, I realized how much I really didn't know. Uh, and, and I feel like oh, wow. the, the, this last decade has really given me my Ph.D. in the music business. You know, there's that old quote I remember, if I can remember it correctly that it's when you realize you don't know everything is the first step to maturity or something like that. <laughs> well, if I haven't matured by now, I guess I'm never going to. <laughs> well, you know what? If we haven't re- matured yet, you know what? Maybe we get to not be mature and be okay. <laughs> That's right. You can't be too mature and be in the music business your whole life. <laughs> That's true because you know, music <laughs> business is all about fun. And, and yes, you you got to be serious when you need to be. But if you, you know, I've always lived my life where if I, you know, I'll be serious when I need to be. But if I don't have to be serious, I don't want to be serious. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. Life's too short. <laughs> yep. Now, I, you know, one of the questions that we always ask every artist is who would they co-write with, dead or alive? And one of the common themes on that one is Johnny Cash. And you, since you've worked with Johnny Cash, what was he like? Uh, he he was an, an imposing figure, I'll, I'll say that. He, he is a guy that when he walked in the room, you understood what charisma is, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, he he, he, he always took all the air out of the room uh, anytime oh, I wow. had been with him. And, uh, uh, and it was just an honor to be associated with him at all. Yeah, because, I mean, when you, think, when you think of country music, I mean, no matter what type of music you like, when you think of country music, people think Johnny Cash. Yeah, yeah. He's, he, he's a, one of the icons and, and one of the few people that, you know, I, I, I was intimidated. I gotta say, when when I when I met oh, wow. him, I worked with Dolly Parton. It was the same way. It was just wow. I'm in the same room with Dolly Parton. For God's sake, <laughs> you know, that's the way it was with, with Johnny too. And when I met Waylon Jennings uh-huh. and worked with him, it was the same thing. I, I, uh, and and you know, from, from an outsider's vantage point, sometimes you don't always understand what makes an icon an icon, and then you're in their presence. And you get it, you know. There, there's mm-hmm. that thing. I don't know what you call it. Call it charisma. Call it pixie dust. Call it star power. Whatever it is, not everybody has that. You know, I, I mean, yeah. I've worked with, I guess, hundreds of artists now in in my lifetime, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, and it's once in a blue moon that you you meet one and go, oh, they have that. You know, I, uh, <laughs> I, it was interesting to me. I, I I saw the same thing when I, I went on a, a photo shoot with Billy Ray Cyrus and, and watched oh, his wow. personal charisma at work. And, uh, and it's it just astounding. You know, some people just have that thing, you know. Because mm-hmm. people and don't realize awesome. out there that really that charisma is real. You know, you could have the best voice out there. But if you don't have the charisma to match that, you're probably not going to go far. Yeah. 
it's, it's, it, there, there's a, a long, long checklist uh, with artists. You know, the, it starts uh, with talent, and and in our superficial world in which we live, it you know looks is important. You know, it, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's better to not be fat and ugly. You know, uh, but but it, it certainly starts with, with with talent, and and for me. Uh, a, a lot of people will call a singer an artist. I don't. Uh, mm-hmm. A singer is a singer. Uh, uh, and yeah. and uh, an artist to me is someone who creates their own art, that checks all the boxes, is a musician, is is a great singer, is a great entertainer, is a great songwriter. Uh, and and, uh, and that to me, that's why I use the word artist sparingly. Uh, and it doesn't mean you can't be great if you don't do all that. You know, I, yeah. uh, I, I, when I was at Sony, I, I passed on Kenny Chesney because uh, I, I just, I didn't get him. So, but boy, was I wrong. You know, I, I passed on Jason Aldean. Uh, oh, wow. So, you know, for everyone you write on, there, there's those that you just walk past and, 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 and because you don't get it. And, and, and it was good for Jason Aldean. He didn't go with me because mm-hmm. I didn't get yeah. him. You know, he went with people that did get him. <laughs> Uh, and, and and they created a, a, a niche in the format uh, that, that created a subgenre for all intents and purposes. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think about like? I think recently there was a tweet uh, last in the last few months um, where Luke Combs made a comment about that, where he went in front of executives and they all said none of the songs could work, and it was like, and he said all six <clears throat> went with number one. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll share a story like that because right before mm-hmm. I left Sony, we had a little big time for their first record, uh, and mm-hmm. and it, it, it was produced by the wrong person, uh, and and uh, and they did it for all, chose the producer for all the wrong reasons, and it was a loop on top of loop, and 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 it was a pop concoction, and and everything we did from a marketing and and, and imaging vantage point. Uh, had to be consistent and congruent with the music, so we followed that, uh, and mm-hmm. and we spent well over a million dollars and sold fifteen thousand units. Uh, and oh, wow. uh, and mo- months later, the manager came back to me and played me uh, four songs, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, and I said, oh my god, uh, Wayne Kirkpatrick is their new producer. This is amazing. They found their sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because of the past failure, uh, the, the rest of the executive staff, the head of promotion, the head of ANR, who is no longer the producer, and the label head uh, passed and dropped off from the label. Uh, and <laughs> a few months later, we were gone. Uh, and Little Big Tom brought me that same album, and that's the one that had Boondocks and Bring It On Home uh, and all the other hits and sold a million and a half units. So, you know, if there's one thing to say to any aspiring artist that's listening to this is don't let the suits beat you down uh, because uh, <laughs> almost every artist who has ever been a major success was passed on uh, by everyone in town. Garth Brooks was passed on by everyone in town uh, at least mm-hmm. once. I know Dixie Chicks was passed on by everyone in town at least twice before we saw <laughs> them. So yeah. I guess the lesson is you don't fail until you quit. Then you fail. So don't quit. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, you know, I remember even look what we're doing with the show, you know, <clears throat> we, you know, we do up and coming artists, but we're, we, you know, we kind of want to eventually be 
we do up and coming artists and big artists. And so we, I pitch everybody, I don't care who it is. And, and we've been building that base and building that base. And, and I get turned down all the time. And, you know, I remember one day in particular, I got turned down from someone who I really felt like I had a chance of getting on the show. Um, Cause I kind of knew her family and stuff, but as you know, mm-hmm. once you're signed with the label, that doesn't matter. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and and um That's right. and so of course I got turned down with that when I was a little upset and I can remember thinking, oh God, you know, you know, I want to move to the next level with our show. How do we do this? And it was like an hour later where another PR company reached out to me and said so they had six artists that they would like us to get on their show. Now we just got turned down from this one, got six thrown at me and I'm scrolling through the list. And one of them I seen was Anna Christina Cash. And I was, I didn't know who she was at that time. I was like, I wonder if she's part of the Cash family. And then come to find out, she's the daughter-in-law to Johnny and June Carter Cash, married to John Carter Cash. And I was like, so I was like, oh, yeah, we'll do all six, but can you do, can we do Anna first? And she goes, oh, yeah. So they set it up. And I'll be honest, Anna Christina Cash, that interview I think went so good that then it brought like Carleen Carter on. It brought um, Jenny Gill on. It, it brought um, several others of legacy um, kids on. And it's amazing how just one person can change the whole thing of anything, just like with artists. One song can change everything. Absolutely. I mean, that, that's, that's all it takes is one song can catapult a career. Uh, but yeah, if you don't have everything right around it, uh, what you might have is only one song in your career. And, and, and that's the other part of checking the boxes is, is if, if uh, you're an aspiring artist and listening, learn as much of the business as you can uh, in a hands-on way. First of all, you know, doing yourself a world that we have now in the music business, it can save you a lot of money. Secondly, that <laughs> you understand the business. So it's, it's getting your own PhD in this business. Uh, and, and, uh, of course, there are going to be some things that don't interest you, but if you discipline yourself mm-hmm. and, and, and surround yourself by smart people that will listen to you as well, uh, you, 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 can, you can make it through uh, all the white noise that, that, that is uh, music in, in the streaming platform, streaming platform world of today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because a lot of artists, they think, you know, now granted, once an artist has been around for a while, they, they, they know this ain't the truth. There's a lot of artists that they think, I just want to sing. And right. maybe years ago that was the case. You could do that. But now, like you said, you have to learn every aspect of the business because as an independent artist, you have 20-plus jobs. That's exactly right. And, and, and it, it even starts with, I, I just want to play live. Well, you, you know, first you have to record <laughs> music, you know, and, then, and when you're in there, you ask every question you can, listen to everything that the producer and the engineer is saying and how they're doing it. So at some point in time, uh, you can be a co-producer or you'll learn to produce it yourself. And, and if things, the other part of it is if your dream doesn't come true and you don't, mm-hmm. you don't grab the brass ring of artist stardom, you might find a different place in the business so you can stay close to music. And maybe it is production. Yeah. And maybe it is engineering. Uh, you know, if you're still in college, you know, get, get, get a second degree in, in finance, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, understanding where the money is 
uh, is, a, is a big thing. Uh, and, and more artists have gotten screwed over the years uh, by not understanding uh, the, mm-hmm. and following the money. Uh, and, and, and if you can ask pointed questions and you can look at a, a, an income statement and you will understand uh, what's recoupable and what should be recoupable and everything else, uh, you can save yourself a, a fortune and save yourself from 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 bankruptcy as well. Nothing breaks my heart more than to know I have taken artists to platinum levels, uh, and mm-hmm. and and they're they're working day jobs now because they <laughs> they didn't they didn't pay attention to all of that. Uh, they left. Well, look at MC others. Hammer. Yeah. Look at uh, I mean, MC Hammer is a story because I mean the story that I understand by him is he brought the neighborhood with him, and nothing wrong with that. But when <laughs> when you start to stagnate, you gotta let people go. I mean, there's just no way right. around it. And from what I understand, yeah. he paid everybody like oh, six figures, and you can't do that. <laughs> and you know, no. and his heart was in the right place. But when, sometimes if you run everything by, with your heart, you're going to go bankrupt, and he, look what happened. That's right. I still would love and, to somehow get in contact with him. I would love his story on our show. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And, and, and you need the people like that. You know, the, uh, the, the guys who founded the Turtles have told a story mm-hmm. like that, too. You know, uh, mm-hmm. so many have been taken advantage of. And I guess, I guess part of that is that's why there continues to be a need for – professional advisors uh, mm-hmm. for, for an artist. You do need management. You do need a business manager. Uh, yeah, they'll, they'll take a percent of, of what you earn, uh, but what they save you in the long run uh, go, goes, you know, multiple times what it costs you to have them on board, you know. Uh, and if you don't have that and if you don't have a good lawyer, you're set up to, to, to be taken advantage of for sure. <laughs> And a lot of artists, they don't, uh, you know, I guess, I guess some artists know this, but I think a lot of family members don't understand this, but there are levels in music. I mean, there, there, there's not being poor and then Blake Shelton. There is a lot of levels. That, I remember when we had Joe Kelly from CDX Nashville on our show, he talked about that because he said a lot of people don't realize that you can make a really good living, make a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars $200,000 profit from your music business and never be a Blake Shelton. He said, he said, he said, I, he said I got friends of mine that they, can, they, they would never sign a label because they control their own destiny. They want to be able to pick and choose where they play. They want to, they want to control their own everything. And he, said, and he said they're happy. They're making the income. They're making, they have the career they want. He said, but the average person would never know they're living off of it. Right. Right, because they're not household names, and it just depends on what you want. You can you can absolutely create your own art in your own vision, uh, and 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 work your way to creating a, at least a regional touring base, uh, mm-hmm. and, and 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 make a living, uh, and and be content uh, with, with what you're doing. Uh, but but you have to learn how to do everything yourself, and and at the very yeah. least in today's world. The information's out there, you know? Uh, yeah. I mean, Google virtually any question about the music business, and it's, it's going to direct you pretty close to something, you know? Mm-hmm. It, 
Uh, it's great to have a distribution company, but if you're you're a solo do-it-yourself artist, you have places like TuneCore and Reverb Nation and and, and a dozen others that, that can do distribution for you and help you with your 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 admin issues and everything else that gets mm-hmm. that gets very complicated. You know the licensing yeah. issues and everything. You you can figure it out for yourself if you apply yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, then you're going to have to hire somebody like me. You know, but, <laughs> there you go. Uh, it, uh, but but you know, it just depends on what your goal is. If your goal is to be mm-hmm. a regional tour, touring act uh, where you can make a nice six figure income, uh, then go out and do it yourself. You know, if mm-hmm. if you're looking for the brass ring, then you need somebody who's going to be able to open doors for you, uh, and and, yeah. and and make sure that everything you're doing is is polished. Because in today's world. Uh, I'll, I'll put it this way. I'll back up a step. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when I was a senior executive at a label, uh, uh, labels would sign artists that were very green and very raw and, and, and help them yeah. through the developmental process. And, and, I, and I always use the, uh, the analogy of, of, of uh, uh, a blackjack table. You know, you put mm-hmm. a big stack of chips up there. You throw money at this because you believe in the act. And if it didn't work, then, then you start again on the next album. And you do that two, three, four albums, and thank God th- that was the way. You know, it, it was it was three albums in before Bruce Springsteen took off. You know, it was three albums in before Billy Joel took off. In today's yeah. world, they they put a smaller stack of chips up, uh, and they mm-hmm. place their bed. If it doesn't work, they walk away. You know, so you have to be yeah. ready. Uh, labels no longer are interested in taking a raw talent and developing it on their time. So they want you to they, be already they, developed. They, they want you already developed. They want you with a social media following. They want you that they, they want to hear uh, at least two, preferably three, hit singles uh, before they don't even think about signing you in today's world. Mm-hmm. You know that. It's it's less about being visionary and more about looking uh, at at uh, at all all the 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 information that's out there about an artist and and figuring out if they're able to capitalize on uh, the traction that an artist already has, which you know mm-hmm. what, in some ways is smart and in some ways is heartbreaking for me because yeah. I, I I, I still believe that. in my heart. Well, yeah, you know, it's it's very sensible because the, the labels, uh, for, for the, the last decade, have been working on tremendously thin margins, so they couldn't afford to place a bet uh, in yeah. the same way. And now, now, now that consumption uh, through through, uh, through streaming platforms has grown to the point it is, uh, labels are able to be a, a bit more aggressive. Uh, but uh, mm. there, there's a laziness to it, you know. A and R people, what do they used <laughs> to do? Go town to town to town, club to club to club, uh, looking for that great next act. Now what do they do? Mm-hmm. So the, 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 their interns are going online and saying who, who has, uh, you, you know, the traction on TikTok, you know, uh, yeah. and, and that's uh, that. That is how they are doing a great deal of their A and R in today's world. You know, so and and uh, you know, want to show you where that is, and you're you're sort of, like I always tell people that social media is like a double-edged sword. Um, it, it's a great place now to get traction as an artist. I mean, to, to get noticed, but it's really bad at getting traction because artists now expect a certain amount of social media presence. Like I had a guy um, reach out to me, about, I guess about six, seven months ago, and because he knew what we're doing with the show and stuff. 
and well, it might not even been that long, it might have been three months ago, but he knew what we're doing, that we're connected to a lot of up-and-coming artists. I won't say what label he's doing because everybody will know, <laughs> but he, he, he private messaged me and says, hey, we've, we've already got that we're working with uh, uh, um, male artists. We've already got a duo because we're looking for that special female. He says, if you run into anybody with 15,000 YouTube subscribers, connect them to me. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, that, that'll be easy. Oh, I've got a lot like that. Because I'm, I didn't realize how much tougher YouTube subscribers are. Because I've got friends of mine that have 100,000 Facebook friends. I mean, fans. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. So, and, and I went to those first, and I'm like, okay, they've got 6,000. Nope. Um, 7,000 YouTube. Nope. Um, 5,000. Nope. 1,000. I was like, okay, um, that's a high bar, 15,000 YouTube subscribers. I didn't realize how high of a bar that was, but that was the bar he told me. He says, that's what they're looking at is what right. are your YouTube subscribers? And, and, and the beauty of all this is, is there, there are opportunities. I call, mm-hmm. I call uh, the streaming and in, 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 uh, in, in social media the, the great democratization of the music business. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you don't have to have rep- representation to, 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 for something to go viral. You know, it, yeah. it has to be a great piece of music, a great video, something that, that, that captures people. But if you get it going, it, it, it could be your entree in, into everything, <laughs> you know. So, so uh, that, that's great. Well, look at Carly Rae Jensen. Look at what happened yeah. with Carly J- Rae I mean, if I mean, Justin Bieber found her and tweeted her, and she became famous overnight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there's, there's great power there. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and the, the downside of the great democratization is there, there's a lot of inferior product that, that, that is the white noise I, I refer to. You know, mm-hmm. you have to sift through all of that to find find those gems. Uh, and, and, yeah. and that's what the, the, the purpose of labels had been uh, for, for, for decades and decades, what was to, to be that process, to, to, to find those gems polish those mm-hmm. gems and present them to the marketplace. Uh, and, and that, that has changed somewhat, uh, you know, the, uh, the, so what, because, so because that changed, it's actually made an opportunity for people like you to where now people can get into some companies and get into artist development and they could become that middleman since the big labels aren't doing it. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and I, I, I want to uh, emphasize that, I think, because to me, that's the most important thing. I've spent a lot of my years in, in marketing and artist development, and, mm-hmm. and I think I, I treat it as I believe it to be my strong suit. And, and I've seen too many acts with great talent uh, go and present themselves to labels prematurely. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they, they have songs, but they have has been produced well enough. Uh, to, mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, you know the visuals aren't right yet, and and the, the social yeah. media is not right. The website looks like crap, but they're they're really talented. They're really good. They have great potential. They're deserving of one of those slots. But you know, the, mm-hmm. as they say, you only make a first impression once. And you know, if you <laughs> haven't done all that polishing and setting up and and and, and presenting it properly, uh, you failed before you walked in the door. Yeah, and because I remember even Joe Kelly talked about that, that if you go to a label too early, and he he was basically saying, even if, he said, let's pretend they signed you. He said, you just got screwed. He said, you might not think you got screwed, 
but you got screwed. <laughs> he says, he says when, you, when you build it right and you build every aspect of your music business, from the marketing to the PR to everything, he said, when you've done it right, now you get to call the shots because they come to you instead of you going to them. That's exactly right. It's, it's uh, well said on, on, on Joe's part. It, uh, it, it's, it's an amazement to me. And it, it's the hardest thing that I do in artist development is I know when they're <laughs> ready, but they always think they're ready way before they are. Uh, they, regardless <laughs> of which segment, you know, let's use songwriting as an example. They'll bring me their songs. Uh-huh. And they're fine. You know, they, you, you see that there's, there's uh, talent there, but it needs work. And, and that work's yeah. going to be a year. You know, and, and all you can tell them is, you know, I, I can see that you have talent, uh, but I mm-hmm. promise you, uh, if you work with me a year from now, you'll be embarrassed to play that song for me. You know, and, and, oh, wow. and, and those, those that can't listen, we part ways pretty quickly. And, and, <laughs> and those that do listen, uh, then, then I make them the best version of themselves uh, as an artist that, that they can be. And, and, so you, and, 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 so and, ego gets in the way a lot of. I, I don't even know if I'd, I'd call it ego, uh, really. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just their perspective is, is at a much lower shelf than yeah. the industry okay. you know and, and, and they play the song for friends and uh you know the, the, and, and their friends are going to be kind and their friends are going to be enthusiastic and they're going to tell them that's better than this song that i just heard on the radio you know and, and they get ears mm-hmm. full of that and then they come to yeah. someone like me and, and you have to bring them back down to earth and and the hard thing is <laughs> artists are different creatures you know you, you uh, I've I made the mistake too many times of, of just being direct and honest with an artist because you figure yeah. if somebody can stand in front of the world and bear their soul creatively, mm-hmm. they can certainly handle some directness from an executive. And, and, and yeah. I've had people cry in my office, uh, and I won't name oh, names, wow. but the, you, you would know them. Uh, so so mm-hmm. I've learned to, to, to be kinder and gentler. So, so you, uh, you've with, learned with, not to be Simon Cowell. Yeah, well, I, 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 that's probably how I was viewed, and that—that's that, harsh. That—that—that's that, a harsh truth that I have to absorb. That I was probably viewed as a Simon Cowell, uh, but, uh, but and, and it's taken me years to to be able to have them understand. That I, I'm loving you when I'm telling you these things, you know. Yeah. See, because that's their baby. I mean, when they bring you music, that's their baby. I mean, like I've seen some people. Who, who, I don't know what to say to them. Like they want to come on our show, and they they're trying to be this artist, and I hear them, and I'm and I'm thinking, and I and I listen to the words of the song, and I'm like, man, they're they're a powerful songwriter. Why? It's like it's like they just don't have the voice to sing, yeah. and and I'm like, yeah. why can't they? Why why won't they get that? That you know what you could be such a you know because God gives us different gifts He don't give everybody the gift to sing but man some of these right. people that can't sing have a great gift in songwriting and I just wish they right. could see that sometimes and and, and uh, when when I'm I'm dealing with with a, a young talent and, and consulting them and bringing them along uh, I, I give mm. them pieces of everything so they have an opportunity to experience it and and, and some yeah. of them. You know that the, the, the dreams didn't come true. They have become really terrific songwriters, and and, and mm-hmm. that's that's the payoff for me is is when the light goes on. You see the epiphany oh, when wow. they finally written a song that is three <laughs> shelves higher than anything they've written before, and and suddenly everything I've said they hear now, 
you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and it all yeah. makes sense. Uh, and, and, and then they're all the way in. You know, the, 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 then they jump into the deep end of the pool and they immerse themselves <laughs> in learning how to be their best creative person they can be. And, and that's a great payoff for me. Uh, it, it's just sometimes a challenge to get to the day that the light goes on, you know. And, and you know, an artist has to ask themselves, do they want to sing and have a small fan base or do they want to get, or they have a Blake Shelton sing their, one of their songs. I mean, that, that's a no, that should be a no brainer, which sometimes, sometimes you ask people that. And I've had people actually tell me, I would rather do, it's like nobody's getting my songs no matter what, even if, even if it could be in Blake Shelton's hands. And I'm sitting there thinking, um, that's not the right attitude because some of these songwriters <laughs> become singers after they become songwriters. Absolutely, and, uh, and the other thing that is always a challenge, uh, and and and, uh, and every aspiring artist out there, I hope you hear me when I say this, is is yeah, uh, you, they they always throw the exception in in your face, you know. Uh, okay, well, Bruce Springsteen was a bad star. Uh, this guy, I, I saw him live. He sucked as a as a singer, you know. And uh, and and uh, when I was at Sony, and, and you'd want. Uh, your artist to do media, and they would say, George Strait never does media. <laughs> and what's the answer? You know, uh, and you know, they'll, they'll pick the, the one ugly artist or the one artist with a weight problem and say, see, you don't have to be a Barbie doll to, to be successful. You know, so, so don't look for the exception. Look, look for, you look you know, for the rule. What, what tends to be the rule. Yeah. Uh, but, but uh, it, it happens with every I mean, single. I mean, you, you you can be the exception, but the odds are really against it. That's exactly right, and th- and that's that's where you try to guide people is mm-hmm. give them the best opportunity to win with the talents that the, that the, they they have they have. Yeah. Now, me and you were talking before the show about where music is kind of going and the future of the next couple of years. Tell us some of your thoughts on what we're seeing right now because COVID is really because again when when I was on the when I did the Joe Kelly was our very first interview for the state of the music business, and at that time this was before this was pre-COVID of course, and he talked about yeah. you know there's no reason with all the tools out there that an artist can't make a really great career. Through, but you got to do the touring and all that. Well, that's an issue right now. So when you take away the touring, you just took away all the ninety percent of their income. So right. where are we right now, and where do you see it going over the next couple of years because of what's all going on? I think it's going to be harder for artists to get a booking agent uh, over the next two or three years uh, because. Uh, uh, the, the agencies are being crushed by this. So, uh, I should first point out that not all of the music business is suffering. The publishers are doing yeah. quite well, and so are the labels because uh, because everyone has been staying home and looking for entertainment. Streaming has gone through the roof, and and more oh, so true. in country music than than any other format. You know, so so they're mm-hmm. doing fine. But those that live on the live touring side of the business are being mm-hmm. devastated. They're being crushed. And that includes artists. Or, or think about the big name artists that have just taken the year off. Uh, if, if they don't have their bus driver and their crew and everyone else on a mm-hmm. salary, those people are looking mm-hmm. for jobs here. They're, 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 they're delivering pizzas right now. You know, 
yeah. hoping to, to make it to the other side. And, and I think we're going to lose a, a lot of business and creative talent through this process. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but if you are uh, an aspiring artist and, and you're still on your way up, uh, this is an opportunity for you to, A, focus on your craft. Uh, you know, the, uh, COVID doesn't stop you from writing songs. It does not stop you from doing uh, Zoom or Skype co-writes with people even. Uh, yeah. So, so the, the creative side of the thing can continue on. Uh, if, mm-hmm. if, it, if you are a touring artist, uh, the first thing you should do is look at all the dates that you just lost and make sure they're getting booked for next year. Uh, they, they may yeah. get canceled one more time and you'll have to rebook uh, an additional time before it happens. And you just have to be prepared for that. So what do you do mm-hmm. in the meantime? You look for the things that, that you still need to do. You know, uh, yeah. what is your, how, how's your image? Uh, go, go look at other artists and then look at the images that you're putting in the marketplace. Uh, are they consistent and congruent with the music that you're putting out there, first of all? Are they the best representation of you? Have you branded yourself properly? What is your brand? Can you can you define you and your music in two sentences? If you can't, you need to work on that. You know, because uh, it, it, it's a, it's a, a society and and a consumer yeah, branding that is, is very impatient. You know, so they've got to get you fast. And 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 if they look at, at a, an image of you, uh, and let's say you're a very traditional artist, uh, and and what you're wearing is very contemporary. They're going to go right past you because they're not going to believe that you're the, the kind of artist that they like. You know, so you have to connect yeah. all these dots, and, and you have the benefit of time right now to take a look at each and every one of those elements of you uh, and get it out mm-hmm. there. You know, create new music. Uh, they're, 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 uh, you, you can get music. Uh, you can get tracks cut, the, the, each piece flown in and, and produced without being in the same room with anyone in today's day and age. Uh, and, and get yeah. music out there. Get it, get it out there on all the streaming platforms. Uh, and and the, as you're sitting there doing nothing, why in the world aren't you working with social media? I mean, you should, you should be, be uh, hitting TikTok three times a day. You, you should be on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You should be on Instagram. I don't think Twitter matters anymore in, in today's world. But, but you should balance this thing as hard as you can. And you should try to figure out what makes you interesting. Uh, here's here's yeah. one thing that I think every, everyone in the music business either understands or needs to understand. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and I'll use the, the example that, that uh, I've used many times. Uh, for me, my, my, my first music god was Bruce Springsteen. Uh, and, and I understood that I would wait three years for a piece of music and I would play it to death. Uh, and and mm-hmm. then I, when I came on tour, I would stand up uh, in my seat and, and celebrate uh, my favorite artist from afar. Never expected mm-hmm. to have an interaction uh, with, with my artist. In today's world, yeah. it's flipped. Yeah. Uh, every, every fan expects to have a one-on-one relationship with their favorite artist. And if you don't uh, uh, accommodate them, they're going to move on to another artist. So yeah. understand that, that uh, there's an expectation of that in, in today's world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you need to, to serve your fans. It used to be you served your fans at live shows. You, and in country music, it was fanfare. And CMA Music Fest, you made sure you loved on your fans. Uh, and, uh, there's a different way to love on your fans in today's world. Uh, and and yeah. that is through social media. So work it. Uh, 
like every response you get, and, and when it's a, when it is appropriate, respond. Uh, why don't you? Because you have too many. Uh, I feel bad for you. You know, and you're going to have less if you take that attitude. So you better respond uh, and 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 come to know your fans uh, because your yeah. hopes and dreams rest on the shoulders of those fans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that can all be done in today's world uh, with, with the COVID nineteen out there. Yeah. None of that has to stop. Exactly, and, and you know, you're talking about the branding there. Um, recently, we made a decision, which I undone this decision, but we were gonna. Um, I really like to interview like up and coming type authors that have these um, real transformational stories. I was like, well, we could do that under the Christmas Sandy show banner and all that. And I was going to do that. And then I got to thinking, I just lost my identity. Exactly. Our show's identity is music. Right. And I, and I had, and it, it, it took me about a few days to realize it, but I'm sitting there as much as I love to do that. I I came to the conclusion I was like you know I can't do that I have to stick to music this is this is what's made our show special is 60 right. minutes with each of these rising artists because because most people most of these artists they get maybe 20 minutes on on, on all these interviews and right. and so there that you can't get to know an artist and I don't care how good you can be the best interview out interviewer out there. You're not getting to know that artist in 20 minutes. It's not. In fact, sometimes it takes 20 minutes to get an artist to really open up to you. Um, yeah. So you cannot do it in 20 minutes. So that's why when we started the Chris and Sandy show, I told Sandy, we're, we're going to give them whatever, you know, our, our target is 60 minutes, but we've actually had shows go 90 minutes with artists. Now I'm trying not to do that as much because I'm learning that, Sometimes PR companies don't like that, <laughs> so I'm trying because yeah, I tell them because I tell them 60 minutes, so that way they you know they do know that we're a 60 minute program for the most part. You know, if you go five minutes over, they don't care about that, of course. You know, is it, you know if it's right. really deep and right. you're you know so sometimes you sometimes it takes that few extra minutes, but but that was our brand and but that that was our show. That was what we branded was that we are that's why our tagline is up close and personal because we get up close and personal with artists and. And me adding this other thing, I got to thinking, yeah, I can get up and close, up close and personal with some of these authors too, but now it divides my show. And right. now, not because just because you're an artist fan doesn't mean you are a author fan. And I'm like, okay, uh, from a branding perspective, this is really bad. Um, so I had to make a decision. I was like, you know what? As much as I would love to do that, can't do it. Got to stick to music. And it's funny, since we made that decision to really stick, it was like our show slowed down a little bit when I was in between. And once we said, you know what, we're sticking to that decision, um, it sped up again. I'm like, that's just like a couple months ago. Um, another thing, and again, it's about being focused. I'm definitely learning within the music, you have to be focused. A couple months ago, um, I had this idea crazy idea well let's be a booking agent too and i was going to do that i studied i did everything and then again it was one of those things where hmm being a booking agent you got to have a lot of dedication there i can do it i'm a, i mean I, I can sell myself i can sell the artists i love i mean that's easy right but 
that's going to take time. And, and, and what if I'm really good at booking? Well, guess what? My show would suffer. What if my exactly show right. took off? And then if my show took off, the booking side would suffer. So I'm, I'm doing a disservice to them artists that I'm supposedly going to book for. So I got to because I was like, you know, I was thinking of how can we make money in this thing since COVID is down. So when, when COVID undoes, they're going to need help getting booked because they really are. And so that was kind of my idea. And it would have worked if we weren't already doing what we're doing. Um, and so I got to thinking, you know, again, and, and during that time period, the show slowed down, just like I just said. And as soon as we made the decision, nope, we're not going to do that. We're sticking to what we know. It sped up again. And it's been amazing. And, and again, like, of course, we're going to eventually build a merch business around the show and all that. But see, that's different to me because once you create the merch, your, your hands are not on it. They, they buy that's from right. your site and all that. So that's a little, you know, building a merch around, your, around anything in music is actually smart. I don't care what side of music you're on because um, fans oh, of your show true. will love that. The, the, the merch is an annex to your brand. You know, the, the, yeah. the, the, the doing authors thing is a whole different brand. Uh, the, exactly. Uh, uh, merch helps uh, build your brand, actually. You know, every T-shirt you sell is a walking billboard for your show. Uh, so mm-hmm. so the, 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 there's, a, there, there's a monetary benefit and, and there's a marketing benefit to, to merch both yeah. ways, so that makes sense. Uh, you know, while, while you're talking, it made me think of something else. Uh, for, for the mm-hmm. artists wondering what they should be doing uh, while we're in this COVID situation. Uh, mm-hmm. well, the first thing they should do is listen to every one of the interviews that, 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 that you have done uh, and, and uh, mm-hmm. because maybe they don't have the money to, to do media training. Maybe they don't know a media trainer, uh, but mm-hmm. uh, they, they can certainly go through and dissect every interview uh, and critique every single one of them and learn something from those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah. And, and, and and it doesn't take long, you know. You you know full well there are artists who just are not good at this, and it's a bunch of ifs and ums and and mm-hmm. and, uh, yep. uh, and and and, oh, yeah. and a bunch of other filler words uh, because they're they're just not articulate and they're not prepared. And there are other artists mm-hmm. they know that what they they want to say, and, and they'll take your question and and and, and verge off of that uh, to make sure and that, I love that. that they focus on their primary message, you know, and you can tell mm. instantly, David media, you know, uh, <laughs> they understand what an out of bounds question is, you know, mm. they, 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 they know how to use this for their purposes. And then there are others yeah. that put no effort into it to, to begin with. And it shows when they come and do an interview because it's sloppy. Mm. Uh, and, and the yeah. consumer gets that difference too. Every interview is an opportunity to make a new fan. And if you're not prepared and you do a bad job, you've lost that opportunity. So, so yeah. listen to all of those. You know, while, while you're sitting waiting to do live shows, uh, go online and watch every live show you can and pick apart the things that, that they did really well and the things that they could have done better. Uh, because mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's performance coaching. They, you could be performance coaching yourself by watching all of these uh, live shows. Uh, for, yeah. from from established acts in the meantime, there's a, there's a tons of things that you could be doing, but you got to be a student though. If, uh, and and, and, uh, and you you're know, so and, right, and, and and you know you're so right on that. And and, and you know I can def. And one thing I've noticed too, 
this ain't always the case, but I've noticed the more quality interviews I get out of people are usually people that are part of PR companies. Yeah. Because they've been prepped. They've been prepped. They've been media trained. Uh, here are the questions you should expect. Let's, let's run through what your answers are. If, if you have, have not had someone walk you through what your answer should be and you haven't done it three or four times, you're not prepared for the interview. Uh, yeah. When you're a pro and you, you've done a thousand interviews, you don't need to prep every time. Uh, you, you have yeah. it. It's in your back pocket. You just pull it out. Uh, but for those baby acts, uh, if, if you have not run through it a few times uh, and had someone ask you the, the questions you should expect, the, then, mm-hmm. then it's an issue. And, and you know, a, a tip for all artists, uh, the one thing you can always do is, uh, is ask an interviewer in advance, are there any questions you know that you're going to ask me so I can be better prepared? Interviewers aren't trying to surprise you. You know, they, they, they want a good show, too. <laughs> see, I, I actually see – I'm the opposite. I want the raw – now, granted, I'm not going to surprise them as in like, oh, tell me about your childhood. I heard it's bad. You know, I'm not going to do that. But I've gotten to trust the PR companies because, you know, in fact, many artists will tell me that they've ne- never been asked some of our questions we ask, and I take pride in that because my yeah. goal is not to ask what everybody else asks. My show is to be different to where we get dig deep in, into their a little bit of their story because I want their story out a little bit. So, so a lot of times we have found with, um, and I want because again, like for instance, I can say example. We we had um, we had this duo come on. Um, that, now this was a video when we did, and the and and they were awesome, but the video was messed up because of uh, their earpieces. So we and they were like, oh, well, let's just do it over. And okay, no problem. So we did the whole thing. Back over. Well, guess what? They knew the questions that were coming. So our interview that was really awesome went to blah. Yeah. It went to just blah. Uh, and, 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 and I'll and, grant you. Uh, and I'll, I'll grant you that uh, I, I think a podcast is a different type of uh, of media interview than yeah. all the others because because they tend to be more conversational. Uh, and and yeah. where, where, you know, if, you, if you're doing something for, for a, a blog or for a newspaper, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, 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 there are specific questions that are asked, and, and, and they want a better prepared answer because it, it's, it's a smaller oh, form. Yeah, because we, we want a – you know, and I tell artists at the very beginning, I usually tell them that, look, our goal is for this to be a conversation to where – because because what well, sometimes it frustrates me like like if an artist comes on and I ask a question and it's one sentence answer. See, I want the long answer. <laughs> of you, you course, can, you, yeah. you can you can ramble a little bit. I mean, we got a sixty minutes. You can ramble a little bit. I don't mind the ramble because in the ramble sometimes leads me to think of something else to add right. to that or uh, you know. So I want a little bit of ramble. So so um, when they come on, I tell them. I want this to be a conversation. I, you know, the goal is when you get off this show, you feel like you just had a conversation with a couple friends and the world's listening. That's my goal. And yeah. usually by the end, that's what they say. They, they almost always tell me. Like, like what's funny is in the middle of one of the interviews, um, I, I don't even remember who it was, but I remember the artist told me, he says, well, you do know I don't really open up. Um, I don't get personal. Um, I, I, I stay strictly music. Now, 
at this point, he hasn't been strictly music. He opened up, and he didn't even know he opened up. And I, right. and I asked him. I had to call him out on that a little bit. And then again, remember, we're live, so I have to be careful what I ask. <laughs> um, but I, I, I said, you, I was like, um, do you know what our tagline is? He says, no. It's like, um, our tagline is up close and personal. He says, oh. Uh, and then he got to thinking. <laughs> and, he said, and then he says, you know, I actually have opened up a little more than I usually do on, at, on, on, a, on any show. Because I'm thinking, he's been opening up. What is, what, why is he telling me he don't do personal questions when he's already been doing personal? You know, I just thought it was funny. Yeah, but again, that, that's one thing that, that I like to have. That's why I like to have the conversation because sometimes they get to the point where they forget they're even being recorded. They forget that they're right. live. And that's yes. the moment where you can draw out the, what people need to hear. That's the moment where you draw out that artist. That needs to be said because that rawness, that raw answer, and I love that. And that turns me on because, again, you know, you're our 121st interview since January 3rd. I think we've learned some things in that time. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but you're right. They do need to be prepared, you know, because you can be prepared for base questions. And I still ask some of those too, of course. Um, but, yeah, you do want to be as prepared as you can, um, but also, like, I remember we interviewed um, our pastor um, on Easter because he has a heck of a story. And I want to do something special for Easter, but perfect thing. And, and, and I remember asking him because, you know, with him being a pastor, I, wasn't, I didn't want to throw things at him that he didn't. And I did ask him, would he like to know what I'm going to ask? He's, and he actually told me, he goes, to be honest, I want people to hear authenticness. So, no, don't tell me. Yeah, and I was like, he uh, and, gets, and he gets my show, right? And and that's the key difference: is pre- preparation and memorization are two different things. Uh, you shouldn't yeah. have a question memorized, but you should have a sense of of what you want to say. What what is the message exactly. that you want to deliver? Uh, you know, uh, and 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 I've had uh, artists that you know they've shown me an EPK, and we've had to toss it because it came off so stilted. And dishonest, and, and you get to know <laughs> yeah. the artist, and they're charming, you know. But in that EPK, they are not likable <laughs> at all because you could tell that they were trying to remember every word that, that they had memorized, and and, and yeah. so it came off like that, you know. So uh, the, the, there, there's a real balance in an art to to true media training, um, but but uh, you know, if you don't have the money to do it with a professional, uh, then you yeah. you should absolutely. Uh, do it, do it the, the long form way, and that is to take every one of your podcasts and listen to them one after the other, and make notes mm-hmm. uh, and teach yourself. You know, and and yeah. and there's, there's nothing wrong with it, collecting those questions and having a friend interview you. So so, so you you can that's practice smart. before you ever get a chance to do that. You know, that's uh, the, there's there's so many opportunities for artists to do this yourself uh, and and be more prepared for for. You know, I call it the NFL. So many artists come in and, and they think they're ready and they're not. There's just a whole different level of professionalism uh, at, at the highest levels. And if you want to play at that level, you, you've got to work as hard as all those other artists. You know, there, 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 yeah. there are reasons. You know, that I've always heard uh, there, there are two artists that, that, that I've heard this uh, about more than any other. That They listen to more mm-hmm. songs than anyone else before they, they go into the studio. And that's, that's Kenny Chesley oh, wow. and Tim McGraw. 
you know. Uh, so mm-hmm. what, you know, there's a reason they come up with all these great songs because they, they put in the sweat equity, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and, and a, because they they are driven. And if you're not driven, uh, God bless. Go go. Just you know, be uh, get, get your you know the night at the open mic once a week and and uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and fill that void that you need creatively. But if you're going to do this for real. You got to know what it takes, and, and, and yeah. there's a whole different level of effort and sophistication uh, in, in presenting yourself and branding yourself uh, uh, to the marketplace. Uh, so, uh, yeah, because yeah, I think work and I think work and expectations are what really a lot of the young artists miss because they don't realize <laughs> that well, even if you move to Nashville, I mean, they call Nashville the ten-year city for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> Right, and, exactly and you've got to right. pay those dues. Yeah, yeah. And those are the artists I love when they come in. And you know, I've been playing Lower Broadway for five years. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've built a small touring base, but now I need somebody to take me to another level. You know, uh, yeah. I don't like the ones that you know that uh, they've just walked in and the, their their influence is, is Taylor Swift and, and some other. Or new mm-hmm. artists, and they don't they don't know the the genre, uh, and, mm-hmm. and the, the, they they haven't done anything, they haven't toured, they haven't worked, they haven't paid dues because mom and dad has been paying the way, uh, and and they're not ready, and and, and so yeah. you you have to take them by the hand and and help them uh, put put in that sweat equity because there, there's there's you just can't buy it, you know. If you're going to be a great musician, you've got to go take lessons, and you got you got to rehearse every single day. You just got to bleed, you know. If you're going to be a great singer, then you got to go learn uh, the the craft of singing properly mm-hmm. first of all, and then yeah. sing all the time. If you're going to write. You write every damn day. You get it gets to the point that you know you can't even enjoy a movie because you're listening for a phrase that makes for a great <laughs> song. You know, uh, I mean, but that's that, true. That you have to let it consume you if you're going to win at the highest level. Yeah, because because even like with us, you know, we want our show to be like a Bobby Bones show, a Ty Bentley show, over time, and you know, we we look up to those guys, and I and. In fact, we actually interviewed Ty Bentley's wife, too, on the show, which is really cool because she's really good up-and-coming artist, Corey. Um, but we look up to those, and we want to aspire to be that, just maybe in a different, in a different manner because we just strictly interviews right now. Um, but when you look at their work ethic, um, that's where you, I think we, we're doing our job, at least for the work ethic, because, because again, we've done 121 shows since January 3rd, and now – after January, after June thirtieth, we got to take about a week off because my wife's having major surgery, and I kind of hate taking the week off, and she hates taking the week off. But you know, got to do what you got to do for that side. Then, but then we'll be right back at it, you know. Because again, the more shows we do, the better we get. The more shows we we have also learned that we're getting bigger artists now because of the more shows we do. Right. Because nobody does this many shows since January third. <laughs> It, 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 you're, you're establishing yourself, and and it, and it takes time and it takes work. You're you're a walking billboard for what we're talking about here. And we and we tr- and we take pride in that. We you know I, I think like I remember um, yesterday, and this is what make really makes my day. Is um, one of the our artists from yesterday <clears throat> posted the link on Instagram 
to the interview. And one of the artists that we interviewed um, a few months ago commented on that and says, oh, I love the Chris and Sandy show. When, when an artist has been on the show, still says she loves the show, I think we've done something. You can't ask for more than that. That's great advertisement, right? <laughs> yep. Because, again, you know, an artist who's never been on, they can say they don't like it or like it. You know, that's fine. But an artist has been on, yeah. that's, that's who I want to listen to. Okay. Because, again, my last question, and I've done this almost since day one, because we built our show around this. But my last question to an artist has always been um, what is all, has, has been to the artist, uh, what question do you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do? I always end with that. And I always get some interesting – now, I used to get really good interesting answers to that i kind of don't get them anymore because usually they're like well you've asked so much i think that you've hit everything <laughs> that's what well, i like to hear yeah right <laughs> you know right. yeah i hear that i probably hear that nine out of ten times now when i get to the end of the show that they say you know what you've done such a great job of asking almost every part of my life i can't imagine anything else yeah yeah Nice. But at the beginning, we had a lot because we were still forming the show. Sure. <clears throat> and and, and it, like one like about fifty sixty episodes ago, I remember we did um we asked one of the girls what that same question, and she said, "I just wish people would ask me what's quirky about me." And I was like, "Ooh, I love that. What? That's we have gotten <laughs> some of the most interesting answers to that question." That now, now, when we bring a guy on, I don't ask what's quirky. I ask what's unusual. <laughs> <laughs> because a guy, you know, you know, the male ego, the guy is going to be like, okay, that's an awkward question. <laughs> awkward, uh, bordering on offensive, right? Yeah. So, so I've learned don't ask the guy that particular question. I ask the the girls love that question. The, yeah. I know the men won't, so I changed that one up. And that's what, something I've learned to do is when we bring on different guys and girls, I've learned to kind of cater it to whether they're ma- male or female by, you know, and all that so that I can get the best out of that person. Nice. So as we – since we've hit, already hit the 60-minute mark, as, as we start to end the show here, what is some advice you would give right now just as we end? Um, to um, artists that are trying to make it, what, what what's one or two big pieces of advice that just? And I don't know. We've got a, given a lot of advice through the show, which has been awesome. This has been one of the best ones I think we've done. Um, but what's one piece of advice that you can leave with p- people with? Uh, I, I'll, I'll say a couple of things. Uh, first of all, uh, know yourself. Uh, I've I've said to every artist and client that that I've talked to over the years, uh, it all started once when I asked an artist, who are you? And the answer was, who Mm -hmm. do you want me to be? And and from that point forward, I've said to every artist, it is not my job to tell you who you are. It's your job to tell me who you are, and it's my job to articulate that to the marketplace. So start with knowing who you are. And, And don't let somebody else change you. Uh, uh, because it's just an opinion. Uh, and, 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 the, and the, I guess the other thing is don't let it, don't let it beat you down. It, it's, it's a hard business. 
you, you, you go 100 to 1 no's over yeses. And if you can't handle the no's, you should not be trying to do this because you're going to get a lot of no's. No, no, nobody invited you to Nashville. Nobody's rolled out the carpet. Nobody's waiting for you to make your grand entrance. You know, you've you got to pay your dues. You have to get recognized. Hopefully you get some good quality professionals around you that, that can help accelerate your career. Uh, but with or without that, just know that, uh, that every suit has an opinion. And, and mm-hmm. they, can all, they can all give you notes for different reasons. Uh, and, and I would just say to you, don't let it, don't let it be daunting. Don't, don't give up because of all the no's. If, if, mm-hmm. if you are a true artist, then you need to do this as much as you need to breathe. Uh, and and, and if, that's, if that's you, then, then thank everyone for their opinions. Smile. Move on. Wait till you're outside of uh, view before you flip them off. Don't make any enemies along <laughs> the way. Uh, and, 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 and know that you're right and that person's wrong. That's exactly why I shared to you a couple of the arts that I passed on in my years in the business mm-hmm. because uh, I, I, I've had great success. I've been blessed. But you know what? Mm-hmm. Everybody makes mistakes. Uh, if, if, if anyone's yeah. a baseball fan, you know what the Mendoza line is. Uh, if, mm-hmm. if you're anywhere near the Mendoza line as, as a, 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 an executive in the music business, you're considered a genius. You miss a <laughs> lot more than, than you hit in, in this business. Wow. Uh, you know, it's, yeah. if it was if it was that simple, everyone would be doing it. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's not it's not simple. It's not easy. Uh, you you can be passionate and believe in something, and the whole marketplace uh, rejects you and what you believe in. You know, but but if you're a true artist and, and you know who you are, stay close to that. Wrap your arms around it and, and keep looking for people who believe what you believe in. And that's how you win. Mm-hmm. I love great advice. So if there are any artists listening, tell them how they can reach you if they need you. And they, they can, they can uh, uh, email me at mike at newvisionam, as an artistmanagement.com. They can go to New Vision uh, Management uh, website as well, and, and you can contact me there also. And, you know, we enjoyed having you on today. This was really insightful. And, and the goal of these shows is to give some insight on the business side of music, and I think you've done a great job there. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on today. Uh, we look forward, and we'll have, and I'm sure we'll have you back down the road. And uh, we look forward to work with anybody you want us to work with. Sounds good. I'll send them all your way. All right, sounds good. We'll talk to you real soon. Thanks, Chris. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye.